Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today in history, in 1951, U.S. paratroopers descend from flying boxcars in a surprise attack in Korea. Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history? I am your fact of the day calendar, Zachary, and did you know that salt used to be used as currency? I'm Megan, and I wish I was the person who came up with the flying boxcar idea to descend on Korea. My name is Matt. And today I learned that squirrels inadvertently plant millions of trees per year because they forget where they left their nuts. So would I if they wouldn't attached. (laughs) Same. Also, uh, Megan, I'm just realizing that you might have just written the next Fast and Furious movie. Fast and Furious 25. We're coming out of airplanes. Haven't they done that? I think they have. Wait, they already did that. They already dropped the cars out Out of of air. But but they did they did not drop out of flying boxcars, which would have been way less cool when they hit the ground. I do remember at least one scene where Vin Diesel drove a sports car from one skyscraper to another. Yeah. Which I see I'm absurd. also thinking of the the remake of the A-Team, the movie where they literally drive a tank by shooting it in the oh, air. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have another I have another hot movie take oh, for all okay. of you. As we all know, the proposal is the best cinematic work ever, but uh, in the Fast and Furious franchise, hands down, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift is the best okay, one. Okay, so you're excused from the remainder of this podcast i don't think i am i think i'm president of this podcast no i don't okay no we can get into this a little bit later but you've got lucas black playing a high schooler really the dude looked like he was straight (laughs) 30 in that film and i'm supposed to believe that he would fit in with high schoolers megan step up your fucking game okay no, my game has been All stepped right, up. Everybody. I wanted a to game be... of rock, paper, scissors has been played, and order has been determined, and it looks like I'm going first. And if it sounds like oh. I cut Megan off, I did, because I could not stand to hear one more disgusting thing about Tokyo Drift being the best of the Fast franchise. It's so he doesn't I'm going to launch truth. into my story here, and if it sounds like okay. I'm talking louder, I am. <laughs> Rude. Uh, so in the year 1986, in the great state of Ohio, Cleveland specifically, there okay. was a plot, a plot, a plan in place uh, by an organization called 
United Way. And I'm sure, like most people, there's a branch of the United Way in your area. They're a great organization. I work with them personally at my day job a lot, and they're great. But in 1986, they set out to do something completely fucking dastardly. Oh, my. (laughs) They set out to break a Guinness World Record. Oh, goodness. And the Guinness World Record that they were trying to break, and I know that you were going to ask because that's the nature of this fucking podcast, (laughs) was to release the most balloons ever. I was going to say bees. (laughs) (laughs) Like that one clip Uh, of... uh... Bees? Bees? Anyways... So this this record that they were trying to break was the record for the most balloons let go at once. And they were planning it along with a company whose name I don't remember and for some reason isn't in my notes. But essentially, a team of volunteers and others, I think it was a group of like 2,500 people, uh, worked several hours for a period of six months filling balloons with helium and putting them in a under a net in a facility that was 200 feet by 150 feet and it was three stories tall what the fuck it took up the space of an entire city block essentially real life up yeah exactly exactly. yeah Thanks for taking the wind out of my sails because that is a line in my script that I've written for myself here. But <laughs> anyways, uh, it did. So the process took them six months to prepare. And uh, by the time they were finished, they had somewhere close to 1.5 million balloons inflated. Hey, Matt. Roughly hey. half the amount that that old man and up had. Hey, but bud. Yeah, what's up? Go off. I mean, yeah, no, I'm surprised it took them just six months. Have you ever tried to blow up that many balloons? I mean... I mean, they were doing recently. it with helium, so they it's not like they were personally blowing up. I I, I know. The, the joke was the ignorance of it. But, oh, I mean, I We're going to um, move on. You can well, cut this part um, in post, and you can make it... I'm going to insert a laugh here that's like... I was going to say, I'll just insert a laugh track, okay? <laughs> Zach, I, you ignorant would... slut! I would like to <laughs> add a personal uh, story. Yeah, go for it. Uh, into blowing up balloons, where I did blow up 150 balloons in order to fill up a canopy bed because I wanted to be covered in balloons, and um, it took a while. And also, if you don't air out the room, the latex. <laughs> Uh, I was like, hey, why do I have such dry mouth? Is it from, from facing all these balloons? No, it's that's what happens when latex just permeates the air. Anyway, in conclusion, we did cover ourselves in balloons. It was a good time. I do also want to contradict your statement earlier, Megan, where you said that that was the same amount of balloons that the guy from Up had. Uh, in fact... There were only 10,297 balloons for certain shots in the movie Up, and in the initial liftoff sequence, there were only 20,622 uh, animated that he, for that That sequence. we knew about. I mean, yeah, that we knew about. 
How yeah, we how much do we trust at Disney? Anyway, so um, <laughs> it's Pixar. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh shit, you right. Anyways, so on September twenty seventh, all these balloons was gathered and released. They chose sometime in the early afternoon. It was around two o'clock. I think the official time is probably like you know one fifty seven something or other. But anyways, it was pretty close to two. And uh, all these balloons done got released, and like a scene from Up, see, I told you, you stole my thunder, uh, they all <laughs> they all ascended into the air. Um, yeah, and that's my story. Okay. I'm just kidding! So did the, bil- did like... the building take off? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It wouldn't be an episode of What the Fuck History if all of this went perfectly, so let me explain how this all fucked up. Did they not tell air traffic control? <laughs> uh, the, yeah. No, so they weren't tethered to the building, to answer your question, Megan. Again, this is not an up scenario. They were just trying to release balloons. Uh, so they were not tethered to a building. They were just inside a facility. What's that? They were just trying to poison our ozone with latex. You goddamn right! They were giving the ozone cotton mouth. <laughs> um, but... So, the way that this fucked up is that there was a storm coming over Lake Erie that day. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, normally if you release a helium balloon, it'll essentially ascend forever until it either pops or deflates naturally because it gets too far up in the atmosphere. And then that trash just falls to Earth. So, really... The worst that this stunt would have done is litter everywhere for the rest of forever for, like, at least a week. Um, But because that cold front was coming in and because a storm started, the balloons were forced down to the ground as opposed to, like, going all the way up. And they were forced down in a fully inflated state. So... The everything got fucked in in the great city of Cleveland, Ohio that day. But I want what a tragedy though. Yeah, no, like, like I Toka did it t- cause like accidents? Oh yeah, it fucking oh it ruined traffic. But I want to tell you guys the wildest thing that happened that day. And to tell you what happened that day, I have to tell you what happened the day before. On September 26, two fishermen named Raymond Broderick and Bernard Sulzer had gone out on Lake Erie. But by the next day, the 27th, the day that this uh, stunt was pulled, the men had not returned home, and so they were reported missing. So on the 27th, in the early afternoon, these men are reported missing by their families, and... The Coast Guard sends out a search and rescue helicopter that could not fly anywhere near where they ended up finding the ship because these men had, you know, gone out on Lake Erie in their own boat and uh, they had anchored. But the Coast Guard reported that it was like flying in an asteroid field (laughs) and they could not get close enough to perform a search from the air so what they did instead is they sent a coast guard boat out 
And normally when they send out a Coast Guard boat, the rescuers are typically looking for, like, people who are, you know, their heads are bobbing above the water or their, you know, bodies are. The Coast Guard boats could not see anything but fucking balloons. (laughs) As far as the eye can see. Literally as far as the eye can see. Just a land And I I need you to understand that, like, this was a problem for a number of days because, like, even a week and a half later, residents of the Canadian side of Lake Erie were reporting that they were finding balloons. (laughs) Still fully intact, still fully inflated, that had floated all the way across Lake Erie. I'm just imagining, like, several years later, a carnival comes to town, and some dumb little kid who doesn't know any better is like, Mom, I want a balloon! And she's like, what the fuck did you just say? What do you say the B word here? We can't do those. Do you think the weather was reporting, like, for those days? Like, yep, the balloons, they're still here. Uh, So keep that in mind on your morning commute. Um, I don't know how to prepare for this. Yeah. But in other words, I ninety five is backed up <laughs> once again with balloons. <laughs> Ladies I-95. and gentlemen, we're seeing uh, we're seeing a weather pattern Decimated. that we have not seen ever before. Drivers are seeing red, red balloons. That <laughs> red is balloons. Also, they all suddenly red balloons. became the announcer from uh, the Legend of Korra. Oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> from the nineteen twenties. <1920s. laughs> All right. So anyways, unfortunately, the Coast Guard called off their search two days later. And the next week, the two men that had been reporting missing washed ashore. Their bodies were washed ashore and they had drowned. So these these balloons fucked up the attempt to save these men's lives, which, you know, would have been bad enough in its own right, except for the fact that there was a woman who kept rare Arabian horses. Oh, gosh. What? What? And uh, they got so startled by the amount of balloons that were in the air that uh, they ended up dealing themselves $100,000 worth of permanent damage. And uh, this woman sued the United Way for those damages. And then throughout the city, a local airport got shut down because they obviously couldn't fucking fly. Like Zach said at the beginning of this segment, like, contact air, (laughs) air traffic control. Nobody could get off the ground. They literally could not see the sky. And as Megan pointed out, tons and fucking tons of road accidents because people were so like distracted by the balloons that they just fucking drove into each other or swerved out of the way of balloons only to crash into another car on the road so i just like want to go back to the horses for a minute because it's like when pokemon try to like cast confusion yeah Right, and it goes back onto themselves, yeah, they hurt and it's themselves like, oh, confusion for sure. I hurt myself in my confusion. Yeah. Oh no, those horses. Except I don't know how much it costs to take. To Arabian take horses are like soups rare. So yeah, I was about to say 
That that right there, and I don't mean I'm I'm gonna say something. You know, I'm just gonna go right into it. I won't preface Do it. this. I want to hear it. Um, just fucking go right. Um, Might as well. Jump. If I just want to say that that's a lot of glue for the glue factory when Ooh, all that shit funny. goes haywire. <laughs> so yeah. I understand why they were like, let's sue this uh, this this place so because I don't know if they had to put any horses down. Uh, but I guess whatever the equivalent of horse PTSD was, the horses, the horses could no longer perform at circuses. Um, because I don't think they were, I don't think the Arabian horses, they weren't performing at circuses to begin with, but like, however, they could never achieve that dream if that's secretly what they wanted. For sure. That career path was cut off from them forever. And that's the real tragedy. Was the opportunity cost? Yeah, Ooh. they lost the opportunity. Uh, but there is a silver lining at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. Of these balloons. And by at the end of the day, I mean two years later in 1988 when Guinness declares this event the winner of the most balloons released at <laughs> once. Oh, yay! I don't think that's good enough of a consolation prize. With their I still official think... total being one million. 429,643 balloons. And just to put a fucking cherry on top, I did some research, and most people theorize that the house from up would need 31 million balloons to actually pull itself off the ground. That's what I'm saying, you know? He had more balloons than he was letting on. He had way more balloons than he was letting on. And way more, way certainly more. Certainly way more than were animated. So, And I think yeah. what the real moral of this story is, hey, kids at home or non-kid adults at home, don't try stupid things like the Guinness Book of World Records record of balloon stuffs because it's going to end poorly. Be content with your life. I just want to say that, like, it might not have if they had accounted for the fucking weather. (laughs) If they'd watched the news the night before. Because legitimately, it sounds like it could have worked pretty okay if it hadn't been for this fucking cold front. Yes. So, you know, lots of littering or lots of traffic and people dead. Yeah, but, like, littering wouldn't have been... I mean, I guess the littering wouldn't have been that awful because it might have all happened on the same... You know what? Maybe a lot of people would have died with the litter, too. A lot of birds would have. Uh, this is, a, yeah, this is sure. a lot of what-ifs. Yeah, you know? no, for this sure. This is a uh, fucking absolutely. moral conundrum is what's is happening it? here. This is the trolley problem with 1.5 million balloons. <laughs> and a city called Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, it's the 1.5 million balloon problem. Uh, uh, the yeah. successor to the trolley problem. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know we would ever have this problem, but, you know. Modern-day philosophers will look back on this and be like, ah, yes, the modern-day trolley problem. (laughs) Someone's going to be like, isn't the trolley problem the modern-day trolley problem? Shut up. It's a balloon problem now. No. It's a balloon problem now. Yeah. Anyways, that's... This uh, is 2021. Yeah, welcome to 2021, where the trolley problem got swapped out for the fucking 1986 fucking release of balloons Balloon problem. problem. You know, 
To be fair, the release of the balloons wasn't the worst thing to happen in the atmosphere in 1986. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) That is absolutely true. But speaking of balloons, I actually have two things prepared for you both this evening. So Two whole things you shouldn't have. I want to know, do you want the nasty one or do you want the nasty one? I need you to quantify um... what... I think his voice quantified it. Enough. Let me let me try that again. Do you want the nasty one or do you want the nasty one? Oh yeah, that's better. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll take um, I'll take that second one. Yeah, I'll take that second one for uh, two hundred. <laughs> All right, Alex. we're Alex going is dead. for. We have to wait until he's replaced. I'm sorry that I went there, but like. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. And... Tell us about the nasty one. No, sorry. The nasty one. The nasty one. Yeah, thank one. you for using its correct name. All right, so we're going to go back to a different kind of balloon. Um, uh, not balloons in the air, but balloons on chests. <laughs> Boob joke. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, you ignorant slut. All right, so we're going to go back to Victorian era, because do you know what was actually semi-popular beneath the corsets and embroidered capes of women during the Victorian era? Squeaky toys for dogs. Oops. Pierced nipples. Ooh. Oh! I'm talking yeah. about them good, good nip rings. Yes. Wow. Um, tiny but tasteful gold rings were a brief fad among the well-bred European socialites of the late 1800s. Mm. Oh my god. This trend was, which, again, loving this for them. Isabella. Living, living for this we for love them. That living for, for this. You. I love that. Um, Isabella of Bavaria, Queen of France, who loved extravagant fashion, including jewel encrusted gowns and headdresses, where it was just, was believed to have started this piercing trend in the late 14th and early 15th century. And it was spread amongst the aristocrats. Uh, again, this woman was highfalutin, to say the least, and uh, a little garish with her taste. I mean, she had headdresses so elaborate that doorways had to be widened to allow her to pass. Amen, brother. Make the world bend around you. Yes. <laughs> that's that's what I'm getting out of this. Pretty much. Uh, so Isabella took her uh, delocatage... I think I pronounced that correct. French people come Sounds at me. Sounds all right. <laughs> Don't at Don't me. Don't at French me. French people, uh, we will take you in a war. Anyway, we are so she have. was favoring garments of the grand necklines, a style of dress featuring necklines that plunged all the way to the navel. Oh, Damn, girl, that's hero. a deep-ass V. Fucking deep Vs for life. Anyway, so, so she accentuated this shocking fashion statement with her jewelry of choice where she had her rouged little apples of paradise which is what she called her breasts pierced with diamonds connected by a delicate chain of pearls and gold i'm sorry i'm still really i'm i'm on the apples of paradise little apples of paradise so i've never considered of the world like a new realm is opening up to me but have you considered calling your tits little apples of paradise? I have. I hadn't. Okay. Well, 
<laughs> Obviously, some of us are living in... When did she live in 18... Late 1800s, so... Late 1800s. Yeah. yeah. Well, Matt's living in the late you didn't 1800s. Know. And I'm, I'm too busy suffering in 2021. I got little apples of paradise over here. <laughs> All right. Some fucking honey crisps. I'm fucking selling and... them, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo. Anyway... So she not only has her nipples pierced, but they are connected with diamonds uh, and a chain of pearls in gold. And also, yes, she puts makeup on her boobs to make them look better. I Fucking love this woman. Yeah. Right. She's a hero. Absolutely. Yas, queen. So at one point, Augustinian friar Jacques Legrade uh, gave some lengthy sermon at the royal court denouncing, you know... The Little Apples of Paradise, and he saved his sharpest words for Isabella and her love for provocative clothing. This guy denounced all titties or just her Little Apples of Paradise? Um, yeah. He denounced the idea of pierced nipples and debaucherous clothing, we'll, we'll say. Which, this guy I mean, sounds like a drag. Yeah, real square. Yeah, he was. Uh, it should be noted that Isabella wasn't the first uh, female to mess with her breasts. <laughs> you can just um, call them boobs. We boobs. earn an explicit tag every fucking time we post a podcast. This is true. Anyway, so she was not the first to experiment with the nipple piercings and the tit tassels. Um, because, again, the the titties. Well, again, she did have gold chains hanging from her boobs, so Victorian tit tassels. So tasteful. Tasteful tit tassels. Anyway, so according to uh, The Naked Women, A Study of the Female Body by Desmond Morris, a well-born Egyptian woman uh, would cover their breasts with luminous gold paint, and during Roman times, the adornment of choice was rouge, designed to rev up randy encounters. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. accentuating the female form is not something new. However, I applaud Isabella of Bavaria for doing so with just a chef's kiss. I just of- want to say that if 2021 isn't a revival of sorts, I think 2022 should be a revival of the deepest V possible with fucking... Tit piercings. I mean, I agree. I'm gonna go get mine done. <laughs> I will fucking jump on this bandwagon. I already I wear deep V's, but not this. that deep. Yo, I'm ready to wear I'm a ready deep for V it. down to my navel. I don't know if everyone in my workplace will be up for it, but like, here we go. I mean, have you seen the thing where it's like, hey guys, we're we're stealing the crop tops from the ladies. I'm fucking about it. Let's do it. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna get myself a crop don't- top. Don't let anyone hold you back. Fuck Next no. time you see me, I will be in a fucking deep V romper. <laughs> I'm a thousand percent about it. <laughs> we are bending fashion rules and then some. I love it. So anyway, uh, you know, this, uh, these trinkets, the, the nipple piercings, uh, were not just for uh, looks, apparently. What? Because... They were supposedly used to keep the nipples in a state of constant excitation as they rubbed uh, against clothing. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, if you're having a boring day, your nipples aren't. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, if, 
If you're having they're a boring day, having your nipples time. say otherwise. Yeah, you're bored, but your nips are excited, so ha-cha-cha. <laughs> um, yeah. Can you imagine, like, her advertising this to some of her friends? It's like, ladies, ladies, those teas that we're constantly invited to, I know, boring as fuck, but let me tell you. I'm never bored. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because my nipples are excited. <laughs> yeah, dude. My little apples of paradise. Little, oh, I, I love that phrase. It's just eloquent. It is pretty eloquent. But yeah, so piercings were thought to be pretty rebellious. As, sadly, they are still thought to be pretty rebellious in certain cultures. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody knows that if you get a ta- uh, if you get a tattoo or if you get if you get a piercing, you're going to hell. Yeah, well, that's just, and you'll uh, never get a job somehow. These are just uh, <laughs> these are just known facts in our era. Uh, uh, I say this as a man who has worked for a large bank before that I'm not going to name and has 11 tattoos. So, yeah. I was representing the great Christians of America who hold firm to their belief that the body should not be profaned in any way while they, you know, go to McDonald's and make themselves fat as fuck. Yes. I was also going to say... Uh, in the great words of the band The Front Bottoms, my body is a temple. How much do you think I could get for it? Um, <laughs> well, also, like, I don't know. Why wouldn't you decorate your temple? Why do you want born as fuck? Yeah, temple? right? Why do you want just some drab temple? Like, fucking put some decorations yeah, on I'm it. Yeah, I'm pretty if- sure that, like, all of the best temples have some ornamentation to them. So, like, if your body's a temple... If it's okay to keep Christmas lights up all year round, it's okay to have some goddamn nipple piercings. Make that temple Preach. fun. Make Preach. that temple fun. We've gone um, off on a weird tangent here. Yeah, we have, but that's the power of nipple piercings, baby. <laughs> and that's in conclusion. In conclusion, I highly recommend nipple piercings because that's the power of nipple piercings, baby. Um, anyway, so yeah, they were thought to be rebellious uh, and as well as a clear sign of privilege, though, which is weird because, you know, not only are they like, hey, I got this secret thing that's also not so secret because my dress li- neckline plunges down to my navel. But only, you know, aristocrats could afford to engage in the willfulness to show off or have nipple piercings without the fear of being punished. We still, as we were talking about, we're going to loop back and make that tangent actually something relatable. Where, you know, you talk about people nowadays who say you can't get a job if you don't have a tattoo, so people don't have a tattoo. But if some rich and powerful person decides they want tattoos... They can do whatever the hell they want because they're already rich and powerful. That's the power of money, baby. <laughs> that's the power of the dollar, baby. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's the the same thing was in Victorian times where you had these aristocratic women who were like, what are you going to do to me? What's the worst that can happen? So, yeah, stick a rod in my nipples and call me, my call my apples of paradise my apples of paradise. I don't know. I'm losing track here. Stick a, stick a rod through my nipples and call me my lady. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You saved that. Thank you for saving that for me, Megan. Yeah, stick a rod through my nipples and call me my lady. Um, 
Yeah. So they didn't have to worry about any kind of punishment or repercussions of doing this. It's it's interesting to see how this was a, a thing that is was taboo then, but you had one woman who's kind of said, fuck you to the taboo. I'm going to do what I want because it makes me happy. It's, you know, interesting to see how some ideas of that still kind of come forward today. And, you know, I feel like nipple piercings are a whole lot less taboo now. And, I mean, I don't know about y'all. I don't have my apples of paradise pierced, but I know several people that do. And I'm all for doing what you want to do. However, I feel like it is a lot less taboo with certain people um which is cool like do you do you boo. Means. I, I mean it's I'm, I'm saying it's less taboo with like certain generations we'll pull it put it that way like yeah, well that's that's what i'm i'm getting at by saying certain groups of people like for certain generations it's less taboo i guess okay boomer yeah yeah literally i i don't want to say it but okay boomer yeah like yeah no, I mean, I think uh, I think it goes back to, I mean, we were joking, well, I was primarily joking about Christian people who, like, because the Bible does say that, you know, you're not supposed to fuck with your flesh and yeah. all that. I think, uh, I think a lot of people were probably raised to think that it was wrong to do that, um, that only unsavory types did that, and I think this entire generation of people are just a bunch of godless heathens hell yeah <laughs> i mean i couldn't get through that with a straight face huh i said i'm not godless but i am a heathen so yeah cha cha. <laughs> but that's that's a really interesting story about tit jewelry it's is a little more, bit broad is uh, there more to it there's not really a lot more to it. I mean, it really does, the whole story does center around Isabella of Bavaria, Queen of France, who... Queen of France. Who, who just, you know, was like, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want, and I have great tits, so I'm going to show them off. <laughs> we do a lot of Amen, stories brother. about people just showing off good sets of tits, and I'm I mean, happy about that. I mean, there is there is a story so that our viewers don't have to listen to it, you know, long down the road. There is a story of one one woman who literally tailored outfits so that she would show off her favorite boob. Yeah. Which I believe was her right one, if I remember I, correctly. Dude, you should always have a favorite boob. Megan. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Out of Zach and I, what? who are your favorite boobs? Um, 
out of you and I haven't seen you lately, so <laughs> I'm just like not sure. <laughs> um, I'm I was so the joke there was that Zach and I are boobs in oh, the like traditional well, sense of like idiots. See, yeah, I was actually going to judge both of your physical. Oh, our breasts. Boobs. Oh, yes. I mean, I I don't have my camera on, but I'm doing the whole like. Spring break Mardi Gras bullshit for you here. I don't have oh, my yeah, camera yeah. on either, but my shirt's off and my uh, little apples of paradise are on full display. So <laughs> the the woman you are speaking of, uh, Matt, by the way, is Dame de Beauté or the Lady of Beauty. Uh-huh. Um, oh, uh, uh, I'm gonna say this with an American accent because I'm pretty sure I'll yes. fuck up the weird one. But Agnes Sorel had gowns tailored to expose her favorite breast in the what? 1440s honestly like good for her though you have you have an asset flaunt it yeah proud. i mean body positivity in pictures it looks like it's the left one is it well maybe, maybe she got confused i maybe had a uh, i had a 50 50 chance of being right and i was wrong exactly you know but you know you tried and that's all that matters you win some you lose some speaking of uh winning some or losing some, or literally anything else. Megan, do you have a story for us this evening? Yeah, um, it's solidly not about boobs, and it's not about balloons. Darn. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. We're... <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's yeah, a half-hearted it's, darn. I, I'm going to start off as a mystery. Okay. okay. Hold so, on. Let me get my Sherlock okay. Holmes hat. Yep, get it I on. It's been a moida. motherfucker. Are you going to solve I'm it? Solve because I will t- I will eventually tell you the answer, but it does start off kind of like like a mystery. Right. Like like we're going to solve All something. Right, we're going to Scooby Doo it. Here we go. I'm going to Scooby Doo this motherfucker hard. You ready? Yeah, dude. You know, settle in, get comfy. We're around the campfire now. I am so uh, ready. So le- let me set the stage. Uh, it's the late 1980s. Mm-hmm. Okay. As all good mysteries start in. Of course. And the residents of North Pond in central Maine mm-hmm. began reporting strange occurrences. Okay. I've already For solved example. the mystery. Okay. It was old man what Wink- is it? it was old man Wilkins. He dressed yep. as the Sasquatch so that he could yep. perform insurance fraud. I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for your meddling kids. I got and your it darn right. podcast so too. Close. So close? You're so close. Okay. And by close, I mean you're so off the mark. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I got the Scooby-Doo moment that I wanted all my life, so we're we're good. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, d- brief aside, if this is if we're part of Scooby-Doo, who who are you? Uh, if we're part of Scooby-Doo? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to say like, I'd love to talk myself up and say that I've got the confidence of fucking uh, Fred and that I could be Fred. But, like, truly, given the past few weeks that I've had, I'm definitely Scrappy-Doo. Because nobody wants me around <laughs> and I'm annoying as fuck, so. Oh, my God. Oh, no, I will Zach. not stand for this kind of self-belittling. Anyway, I don't know. You be I, Fred. I appreciate You're it. my Fred. <laughs> okay. You can wear my we'll ascot. You can, you can have my ascot anytime you want. And and my axe. 
Um, <laughs> and my bow. Uh, I mean, I feel like if I'm going to be any Scooby-Doo character, I'm going to be Shaggy. Yeah. And it's That's not because, you know, I want to be like, yeah, I'm the main the character. Not because of the reasons you might think. Not because of the reasons you might think. Um, I'm goofy as fuck. I got a weird laugh. I'm always eating. And usually if I ever do anything amazingly accomplished, I stumble bass backwards into it about halfway and then figure it out from there. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I guess if we're, if I'm not trying to be like a dick to myself, I'd say that I'm probably Scooby. Only because I am also always snacking, and I've definitely humped Zach's leg a few times. <laughs> it happens that off camera, and none of you need to know, alright? <laughs> what happens in the back of the mystery machine is none of your fucking business. So who stays are, in the back of the mystery machine. Who are you, Megan? And then let's get back on the fucking train here. Alright, uh... I really want to be Sister Thorne from the Hex Girls, even though she is not part. She's not part of. Okay, so uh, what you've done? The actual. Game. I just okay. I just want to explain to the viewers what just happened here. Let me explain to the viewers what just happened here. Megan asked a question and then broke the fucking rules of her own question. Hey, if this was Scooby-Doo, which member of the gang are you? Let me pick someone who's not part of the fucking gang. Yeah, not part of hey, the Matt. gang, dude. Hey, Matt. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hang um, on, let me get close. Let me get closer. What's up? Because the Hex Girls were definitely one of my sexual awakenings, I'll fucking allow it. I mean, yeah, oh, it's not God. like I'm going to sit here and tell Megan that she's not allowed to do that. I'm just saying, like, she broke her own rules. Anyways, let's get back on, let's get back I'm, I'm on aware. track here. <laughs> Can we get back on track? Is yes, any of this sometimes. usable okay. is the real question. <laughs> I think a lot of this is usable because we're still we're still in the mystery machine. So anyway, in the late 1980s, the residents of North Pond in central Maine began experiencing really strange occurrences. For example, flashlights started missing their batteries. Food was disappearing. Like new propane tanks that they had put in their grills were being replaced with old ones and there were other things like wood shavings were like starting to appear near window locks and scratches were sort of just like coming on the frames of doors and people couldn't you know remember if they had caused those or if they were just appearing out of nowhere um, boat batteries were going missing, frying pans, clothes, all of it was just gone. And for some of these things, it kind of seems like a borrower's situation, right? Where you're like, oh, I misplaced some of those things. But it just kept happening to the point where people are like, am I going crazy? Why does this only happen when I am at the camps near North Pond? And the people of the town felt like they were being haunted by something. They felt like something was watching Yeah, them. they were being haunted and... by the fucking borrowers, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, they were being haunted by the borrowers. <laughs> and the police couldn't help them either. They reached out multiple times and they are like, Hey, I don't know if things are being stolen or like if 
something hallucinogenic is just happening, but, like, we do not understand what is happening. Like, they started installing alarm systems, new locks were put on doors, to the point where notes were being left on doors that the residents were putting there, being like, oh, whoever or whatever is taking our stuff, please do not break into our house. We will leave whatever you want. You just need to tell us. But, like, there was never a reply, and things just kept going missing. And the crimes eventually mounted into legend as decades passed. And then, the North Pond Hermit was caught, and here's the history of it. So are you ready? I am so ready. I am invested in this hermit. So he was okay, he was good. a full-blown human being and not like a borrower? Not like a little yeah, tiny... Yeah, this is a full-blown human being. So here's the story. In 1986, at the ripe age of 20, a man named Christopher Thomas Knight entered the woods of Maine's Belgrade Lakes region, and he said goodbye to literally no one. And no one reported him missing, including his parents, who, in an interview that Knight gave, um, said, I had good parents, but we're not emotionally bleeding all over each other. We're not touchy-feely, and stoicism is to be expected. Whatever that means. Okay. And, yeah, it, like, kind of weird way to talk about your family. My but, kid's like, been missing for decades, but, like, we're not touchy-feely, so it's not worth launching an investigation over. Yeah, but, like, whatever, I guess. While he was in the woods, he survived the main winters, which regularly fell below freezing and went into the negatives by waking up during the coldest parts of the night and pacing until he was warm. He didn't burn smoky fires to avoid revealing the location of his camp, and he regularly took baths and shaved to avoid suspicion. He didn't live off the land, as we have figured out, and instead would break into the homes of the surrounding camps and steal foodstuffs, propane to power a small stove he had back at his camp, and he would borrow canoes from the camps as well to transport all of his hauls, and when he returned the canoes, he would, like, lightly sprinkle pine needles over them to make it look like they hadn't been disturbed the whole time. What the fuck? Um... Yeah, dude. dude he also he stayed in his camp. Out, yeah. So he plan he planned it out, and it looks like he only took what he needed in order to survive. Yeah, well, it's because not like he, he also... built himself a fucking mansion in the woods. No, he didn't. He was living in a tent. Right. That's what I'm saying um, is, like, you can really only do so much with the amount of space that doesn't announce your presence. Yeah. yeah, and, like, he was very about not being detected. And so he did this for 27 years. Holy And during fuck. this time, yeah, dude, he didn't talk to anyone, except in the 1990s, like, there happened to be a hiker on the trail. And when police asked, like, hey, did you talk to anyone during this whole time? He's like, no, but I did say hi at one point, like, a while ago. And it was in the 1990s that he did that, and he was caught in uh, 2013 Damn. by a game warden while Knight was burgling the Pine Tree Camp in, in Rome, Maine. And during his capture, he committed to roughly 40 robberies a year for a total of more than 1,000 break-ins. Fuck, like, fuck. Yeah, dude, he did a lot of break-ins. But again, 
only taking what he needed. And for those three decades, he had, like, never seen the internet. He had never sent an email, didn't drive a car. He said that he didn't pay taxes and he didn't own a home. He just wanted to live in the woods. Okay, but, like, none of that was false. I mean, dude lived in a fucking tent. Yeah, he just lived in a tent. Do you have to pay taxes he... on a tent, I wonder? What's the property tax on a tent in the middle of the woods? Dude, I don't know. No fucking Like, idea. he didn't even... No clue. But also, the the most interesting thing, I think, besides being elevated into a hermit legend, is when he was asked how long he had been in the woods, he was like, when was the Chernobyl disaster? Oh, and they were like... <laughs> and mind you, this is in 2013. He was like, when was the Chernobyl disaster? And they were like, that was in 1986. And he was like, yeah, that was the year that I left home. Okay, so you're telling me that this dude was basically like Austin Powers defrosted um, levels of, I don't know what the fuck happened in recent history. Yeah, he he said that he had stopped counting time in terms of months and years. He just kind of like knew the seasons, how much he had to prepare, and he just kind of like lived alone. He did feel bad. For the robberies, he was like, I had a lot of misgivings about stealing. And I, he's like, stealing is wrong, but I kind of needed the stuff to, like, just live by myself. I I wonder what he thought. I'm just thinking, okay, so he went missing in 1986, yeah? Or, like, he Mm -hmm. left in 1986. Missing, yeah. Yeah, but, so, here's my thought, is, like, what does he think as... He's, like, robbing these people as he's stealing things. And he's seeing, like, these newer advancements in technology. Like, I'm, I'm just yeah, wondering that's the what thing the too. mental process looks like when, like, when you step into, you know, a cabin to steal batteries and you encounter, like, the first flat screen TV you've ever seen. Or the first iPhone. Or the first, like... Okay, but... I I think that that is kind of unimportant to a person who's just like, I'm in, I need my stuff, and I need to get out. And there's probably some point of survival instinct where you're not looking at, ooh, what's that TV? Oh, no, like, no, I know. A TV is a TV I'm, is a TV, whether it's flat or not, at I'm that thinking point, because you're not was, caring. I'm mostly thinking of, like, the alien aspect of... Like, when you return to civilization. Yeah, the return to civilization, but he used to do it with such a frequency that, like, I don't know, dude. It's so weird for me to process that, because in my own head, I'd be like, I see this, and I go, man, they got shit like this now? I'll come out of the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I wonder, too, if it's the thing where, say you're, you're kind of plopped onto an alien land and, like you see technology in an alien spaceship and you're just like, I literally have no idea what that does. Uh, I'll deal with that later or yeah. not. No, I, I mean, just, I'll yeah, ignore Zach, it until I know better. Zach made a, Zach made a good point that like, he's just going in to grab what he needs and leaving. Yeah. But you like, know, it just kind of gets filter out of your, yeah, you just don't, right? you probably just don't see it anymore. Mm. Yeah, absolutely not. not that, but not no, that I thought it was how to use one anyways. Oh, a thousand percent. Uh, he he wouldn't. And um, when he did end up going back to sort of civilization, it's kind of unclear, like, if 
he had mental health problems because he did have to uh, participate, like complete a program for people who break the law but are alcoholics or like have mental health problems or behavioral problems. So he did complete a program like that. So it's kind of unclear like why he went off into the woods in the first place. Gotcha. Um, There honestly must have been some aspect of civilization that he just, like, didn't sit well with him. Nobody thought to ask him. Well, like, his family life is kind of strange, right? Like, his parents didn't say anything. But somebody found him, and they, like, nobody asked him why he left? What do you, like, what do you mean, found him? You're saying that he showed up in 2013 no no he was caught yeah that's what i'm saying like in the in the midst of what i'm saying he re-emerged in society as a real human being he become once again became part of the cultural zeitgeist in 2013 i'm wondering why nobody asked him why Why he he left oh they did he did they did they're like why and they, he was just like, uh, he didn't really give an answer. Oh, okay. See, he, I, he didn't give an answer as to like why he left, what he had learned in the woods. Like he gave no insight. I don't think he learned anything in the woods. Okay, there's two explanations for this, except for how to be a really good steely boy. There's yeah, two explanations a... in my head for this. Yes. Okay, what are your explanations? One. He has done what many uh, uh, of people, including myself, have dreamed of doing, and he finally hit the fuck it button and said, I'm gonna go live in the woods, because technology's a piece of shit. He's like, see you later. He just fucking gave up. He just, yeah, he just gave up and was like, yep, nope, I'm done, see you later, this is not for me, I'm gonna go get back to nature. Hey guys, society's great and all, but no thanks. But no thanks, (laughs) Not for me, thank you. And option two? Or two, is he was touched by the Eldritch beings and went to the woods to commune with them. And holy fuck, is it going to be a bad time now? Makes sense for 2021 and 2020. The Eldritch beings were communicated with by this one fuck nut in Maine. Yeah, dude, he's the reason. He's the reason why the, the 20 teens... Uh, got progressively weird. Is this, guy, <laughs> is this guy still alive? Uh, hold on. That is a very good question. Well, my um, only thinking I... is, like, did he come to society, see all the shit he's missed out on, and then decide, like, no, back to the woods for me, please? Uh, nope, he's still alive. Is he, He's 55 years is old. Is he living in society, though, or is he living out in the woods? So as far as I know, he is still alive. He got a job with his... He has a brother. Jesus. He got a job with his brother. Oh. Yeah, but they're not, you know, they're not a sentimental family. They're not. <laughs> no. They're, they're not touchy-feely, not emotionally bleeding all over each other. Um, dude, like, I can't imagine... Like, my mom texts me when I'm gone for a few hours, just being like, hey, just checking in. Yeah, like, (laughs) Like, I... This guy was gone for 27 years, his mom didn't say shit. Yeah, but, I mean, they're not, they're not touchy-feely like that. They're not touchy-feely like that. Oh, yeah, you're right. But, like, I call my parents, or, like, I call my mother, you know, 
Monday through Friday, I'll call her like for five minutes and be like, hey, how's everything? What's good? And this is especially because I don't live at home. And this, you know, became a practice with me, especially when my brother was over at in boot camp, like I would call my mother basically to check in and be like, Hey, how you holding up? Both your kids are gone. And that happened really fucking quickly. Yeah. You know, just like a check-in, like a check-in. And I don't call on weekends cause I'm either working or You're busy blackout. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So you like, know, one I, or the other, one or the other, sometimes both. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, but I don't do it on weekends. So if I miss like three, four days in a row, cause I got busy, <laughs> I get a text being like, hey, you good? Like, I can't imagine just disappearing and, and like, no one giving a shit. I don't. Yeah. It's weird. I think that's the most wild. How old was he when he left? Or, like, one of the interesting things. Hmm? How old was he when he left? He was 20. Oh, okay. Damn. Shit. Yeah. Fuck. That's That's like, a lot of time. He was 20 years old and just, like, walked off. That's bonkers. And he was also... Uh, wearing, they were like, when they, when they caught him, he was wearing clothes that he had stolen from the cabin, so they were, like, relatively new and, like, taken care of, but he was wearing the same glasses that he was wearing in his high school senior picture. Uh, Yep, he was touched by the eldritch beings, I am convinced. That's a long time to go without a prescription update, my dude. Yeah. Yeah. He, but like they weren't broken. Oh, he so he wasn't like that. He them. wasn't like that one guy from fucking uh, the Twilight Zone. Yeah. He wasn't no. no I had like time now. <laughs> Anyways. Do, 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 do. Um. But yeah, so that that was my story. Um, I a friend told me this story uh, a while ago, and he's very good at sort of spinning tales. So he had. He started it with, hey, do you want to hear, like, this very strange, you know, mystery? And he started off with, there were these residents of this North Pond area, and here's all of the strange things that started happening to them, and it was this guy. And I was, like, very entranced with it, because I was like, I need to know the end, and eventually he, he told me. So I wanted to start off the story like that for for you guys. I appreciated that. Like I, uh, that's why I was like, I need to know what the fuck happened with this. Yeah, because I, it's really interesting because there there is an article on uh, I believe it is GQ. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus. Yeah, there's a, a a man. You know, a reporter interviewed him um, relatively. Uh, soon after he was caught and doing his rehabilitation with with the courts. And he kind of gave a lot of good, not insight, but like really spun a good story around it. Um, And I think that it it lends itself to a good story for sure, because it's just so bonkers, you know? Yeah, I think a fiction book was written about him as well. Yeah, it's called Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> yeah, Rumpelstiltskin was written. He he is Rumpel, He looks a little bit like Rumpelstiltskin. He oh, got a big shit. beard. Big beard. Yeah, it's called. Um, in 2014, the book was. Oh, I'm sorry, not 2014. 2014 was when the GQ magazine article came out. But uh, the Stranger in the Woods was published in 2017, hmm. and it it's based on him. That hmm. sounds like a horror novel it no doesn't it sound like a horror it novel does. you're like 
Oh, oh God. But yeah, so that's uh, that is my story. I'm glad you glad you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I of did. Course. I enjoyed it wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly, with my whole heart. With my with my apples of paradise. Apples of paradise. <laughs> Megan's just killing it on the stealing jokes game. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> 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 that's why I'm here. Yeah, just like this guy, just like this guy used to steal batteries. Megan's stealing fucking jokes. Yeah. Also, the book is "The Stranger in the Woods: The Extraordinary Story of the Last True Hermit." Yeah, I mean that yeah. sounds fair. With the full title, it sounds a little less horror-y. Yeah, and it it also says in the book, I guess he was originally from Massachusetts. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Amen, brother! Amen, brother! (laughs) And on that note, I have nothing else left to add to this. No more boob jokes. I'm good. No more horror stories. No more conspiracy theories. No more balloons. No more balloons. I popped them all. Fuck out of here. All, yeah. all 1.5 million of them. Yep. All 1.5 million of them. So, Just uh, go into the fucking gymnasium with a flamethrower. Fuck so, your balloons! So I guess uh, that just leaves one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm gonna hearken back to a bit that we did a little earlier. Mm-hmm. What the fuck history? you hear from the triumvirate productions and what the fuck history we encourage you to tell a friend we don't pay for any ads so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us you can find us on facebook at the triumvirate productions on twitter at triumvirate underscore pod and on instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.